the only time. You should probably week. go put it on. Well, I could probably find one. I literally look for one, but I think they're all dirty. Because it's the only shirts I wear. Well, mine's dirty. <laughs> I think like all of ours are dirty. Like I don't. No, I wash mine so it'd be tighter. Dude, you know, you know. You watch it. You watch it. Did Ben tell you what he did? What? Yeah, I gave, I gave, I stuck a large on Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Looks yeah. good though. Looks good. So it's funny too because you're saying that and like bet that he, he that was a true story when he thought it was an XL and he he checked and it's a large. Yeah, I was talking shit to people. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking filling out this XL like a motherfucker. And I'm like, hey, it's a large. <laughs> he's so happy. He's like, I fit XL. I'm like, I didn't know you had a large. So he told you on that podcast. I'm like, oh, that's dirty. That's awesome. No, I was saying Ben like started a podcast. I don't, I don't get why that's a big deal. I'm just looking out for his best interest. He's got look at it, he's got a lot. He's got to do a lot of podcasts. How nice does his upper body look in this shirt? He's got a lot of wrinkles coming off those delts. That was an XL. That'd be a real problem. How many wrinkles you got coming off your delts? None. I got. Uh, <laughs> You're doing that leaned over look too, Ryan. It's not. It's not very advantageous for the camera. You got to do yeah, what Mike Isertel does, and he he has the camera like this, and he he just he leans back. Yeah, but they can't back yeah, into like a yeah. look at liner. But then, but then you get your like, vic, you got your Victorian mirror in the background. Like, yeah, I just feel like no matter what I do, I'm not gonna look very tough in this, this background. <laughs> but at least you match the walls. I don't know. I should put, I gotta put a guitar back there or something. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, look at this. Look at this mirror. Look at that thing. This is standing mirror. That's important for you. I mean, it's good for posing. I'll tell you that. Good lighting up here. Yeah. Well, we already we already did this podcast, so it's fine. Yeah. Ben basically like stole our podcast. Well, we're gonna really? post it. We're gonna post it. Well, yeah, <laughs> your, your your idea was was so raw and so 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 well done from the start that I that I stole it. Uh, no, it was it was. I think uh, there was a lot of good stuff in that podcast, and we we hashed it. Ryan hasn't really been privy to any of the stuff that we've been that we were chatting about. Uh, oh, nice. But but we spent the majority of the time bitching about uh, fitfluencers and then doing the exact thing. Exactly. The exact thing that would make people not want to listen to, not get through the the podcast. I think. Well, I had a I had that chat with my wife after you messaged because like I was like looking, I'm like this motherfucker. He like just wants to like have his a good podcast on his bro research one. No, we put it on both of them. <laughs> no, I, no, I know, I'm joking. But I was like, oh, you're right. Like I totally, you were like the, you know how I just like to stab you with the thing that hurts you the most. You kind of did that to me. You're like, yo, you talk about all these things and you want to do all this, and then you make a post about how you don't care, but then you care, and then you talking sh- talking shit about the fit pro industry, and then I'm doing the same stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I totally am, and like I don't want to be that dude. And yeah, so like you made me look internally and realize that I was doing the same thing in which I like make fun of. And so yeah, like, I, just, I had a self reflection moment and, I'm the only and one realized right. you were right. But realize that we were all that person, kind of. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, I mean, Ryan's never actually been on social media. Still, I think that I think Caitlin does it for him. Well, he's a good person to ask. 100. <laughs> I don't know how to post shit. I'm like, I can make a post. <laughs> Obviously, I tried to repost your story, and it went like sideways because <laughs> you filmed it the wrong way. Uh, but still, still a great graph. Uh, so this is this is episode twenty one, season three, episode three of Bro Research Radio, and then this is a combined effort with uh, Barbell Me Search. And what episode is this for you guys? Are we, are we gonna? Oh, we're gonna actually do that thing. I didn't know we we're gonna repurpose this. Yeah, it's uh, episode. We don't. I don't know. 
Um, we don't do that anymore. It's, every time it's, it's you, season, season one and a half. Season you, one, hey, episode. You guys, you guys take I your time. I putting episode numbers because the same reason you do stuff. It's like if you if you put an episode number on it, they assume it's like weekly, just because that's how it is. And so now I just don't do that because I don't have to remember. And every time I do the intro, the running joke is I never have the right number. So I just stopped doing numbers as of like. So let's, so this is, let's say episode three hundred forty-five of, <laughs> yeah. of yeah. season of season twenty. You guys are like it's, friends. It's the one after half squats. Like so, basically, we're gonna line this one up about half half squats and like having cordial conversations instead of getting mad on the internet. And then we had that, which was actually like a. It's been our most successful one. Yeah, yeah. that seemed to get a lot of traction. Yeah, it got like like. Day one, like it's got more than like the YouTube got more than our podcast, and our podcast got more than our Mike Gizertel one. So I was like, oh damn, like people really hate half squats. It's awesome. <laughs> you have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you know what? I'll send it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. You know how to download? Podcasts I heard there was your- at least there was at least one guest, good guest on that podcast. Have you, have you seen Ryan's phone? It's like an iPhone three, dude, and it's like cracked. And, and I'm sure it has like 16 gigs of memory. <laughs> it's already char- it's already charged. The thing, he's gonna have to, talking he's about? Gonna I got have... the speed charger right here. This is new. This is 20. This is a 2016 feature. What are you talking about? This is... and, so, he, so he's gonna have. When you said of the podcast, he's gonna have to make a decision. Is he gonna delete his pictures of Mayor Collins, or is he gonna download? <laughs> is, he gonna, is he gonna download your podcast? For anyone listening, we I actually caught the moment. On my cell phone, I think I said. Oh, it to we you. will make that. Will be the we can make that the the cover photo for this. Oh podcast. yeah, it'd be great because like the moment he met Eric Helms, I saw him wake up and Eric was getting coffee and I saw Ryan like pretend like he didn't know <laughs> what was going on, and then he like put his stuff down and walked over the coffee like he didn't even drink coffee, and I got my phone ready. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I took the picture and it was like you actually had a look on your face. You were like, you were like melting. You're like, thank, you. like my life is complete now. And yeah, I, yeah. it was the best picture I've ever had. It was, it was Toys R Us. Like it yeah. was like the day the N64 came out. Like that was, that was Ryan's face. It was, and Eric doesn't even know these things. Like no. Eric just thought you were trying to be cool, but you were totally like playing him. Like you're like pretending like you didn't. Kind of like what we have this podcast, pretending like you didn't care, but you cared so much about. <laughs> So you know what you do do it as much as like we're all the same person. You yeah. just do it in person. I just yeah, but I only do it with Eric Helms. So, yeah. <laughs> but I actually I I don't follow Eric Helms because it's that layered. My stalkiness is that layered that I don't want him to even know that I know who he is, and I won't <laughs> let anyone else know either. So I oh, don't. Did, even did you him. ask him what his name was when you when you walked <laughs> up to be like, hey, what's what's your whoa? You hear you hear what you Derek, Derek is your name. Okay, all right, all right. Eric, Eric. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, what do you do? Are you presenting at this? Like, what... <laughs> did you tell? I think you told him though. Like, you quit 3DMJ because Eric wouldn't coach you. No, I did not tell him that. Um, I did. I did. Eric. <laughs> Are you... <laughs> we totally told him that. I think. No, we totally told him. I don't think you were there. Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. 3DMJ does great work. All their coaches are great, but like, you literally were so upset that you left because it wasn't. That wasn't exactly what happened, but I, I think can tell you I would never have left if I was a Derek. Yeah. <laughs> Derek. Derek. Derek, yeah. Derek Holmes. Derek Holmes. Okay, outline. Okay. No, this, this is perfect. So the first thing that we want to get into is what what does it mean to be a fitness or nutrition professional in our current kind of social media? And I think everything's changing right now with – with COVID, right? Because all of a sudden you have a lot of in-person coaches who are now being forced 
to work online. And in that, in that space and in that transition, they're, they're kind of questioning, do I have to create content? Like, where's my value as a human? Is it, do I have to put out all this stuff? And I was thinking about it today. I really think that we are yelling, the majority of our content is yelling to each other. And that we're just, we're constantly talking about minutia and, and we're, it's just fit pros talking to fit pros. And the thing that if you really want to help the general population, it's not by having a, a two hour discussion. My parents like legit laughed at me yesterday. They were like, what's your, what was your podcast about? And I was like, oh, we talked about squatting. And they were like, for two hours? <laughs> <laughs> more complicated than that, mom. And I was like, mom, mom. <laughs> This roast is delicious. Yes, we talk about it for two hours, and, and so that really it, it just it just solidified the fact that most people probably don't care about these things to the extent that we care about them, and that information is probably not driving behavior change. So if you're a great coach, don't feel like you need to put out content or you need to have this amazing social media platform uh, in order to to be a great coach because that that is one hundred percent not necessary, and so. Which begs the question, I think when you when you are trying to, when you want to create content, I think all four of us have gone through this transition of being coaches and then still being coaches, but also wanting to create content. And I think that all of us are doing it for more of a selfish reason. And, and because, and I mean, Dean's doing it for money, but yeah. the- <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing good then. <laughs> he's got he's got a boat, so he's obviously he talks about his boat and, and like he, <laughs> like just wait, just watch, just follow Dean. Give him give him a couple days. He's gonna drop a boat comment. <laughs> it's perfect. And, but, and so just really really looking deep and assessing why do you want to create content? And so let's just let's just pass this off to Jeb because he's he's the oldest one, obviously the most knowledgeable. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, running, so, the running joke is he aged out. Like, aged out of the system. Yeah. So we uh, all we I'll interrupt you because <laughs> this is a bro, Jeb. Now I'm going to talk. <laughs> is it ours or is it, is it yours? I, you, you said it was ours. <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you to talk, and then I'm going to speak. No, go ahead, man. <laughs> no, you know what? Say what you wanted to say. Like it's a, yeah. obviously. Bro, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Jeb just did okay. PhD card, the PhD card. Like you can, you can pull it whenever you want. I'm in house, Dr. Twenty thousand followers. Yeah. <laughs> well, there. I've really 20, done 20 a good job. <laughs> Where do you I'm, think people buy PhDs from? That's pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and he already he, so like before Jeb talks, we're all gonna cut him off. If, if that doesn't <laughs> if that doesn't work, he just throws out his wife's Instagram numbers. It's like we can't win here. It's <laughs> true. Like, and you do do that. You're like, yeah. Oh. My you life can. is because of my wife, and like you always know how to get that point across. I'm trying to get a like press, guys. Like you guys make fun of me, but I've, I've literally sent companies, my wife and Aaron's accounts, be like, "Hey, I really want to get them on the like press machine." And I, think, <laughs> I think I think they'll see great results. We can make some yoga videos. Uh, so, and she said that's fine. Uh, so, but Jeb, what, why why do you why do you create content? And put so, it out in the world. I, I, you know, my part of it is I came kind of in a weird circle around. Like you got, like I was, I came from other career. You know, I kind of backdoored into fitness. Um, I actually was starting working in the publishing side before I was 
even training people in the gym. So like I was training, my training partner was the editor at, at men's fitness. I started actually, I was doing some training. I like had done some internships and stuff, but I went in and I was their, their fitness tech. So I like set models up and made sure that they were doing exercises correctly. And then I started writing for magazines and then I tried to like do this like online training thing and just, I had like, a tried to learn all this marketing stuff. I hated it. Continually tried to develop like a social media strategy and I always hated it. It always failed. Whether it was YouTube videos, whether it was blogs, whether it was anything. Finally, I was just like, you know what? I, I, I'm not writing enough. I was a songwriter many years ago. So writing has always been a big part of my life. And I said, I'm not writing enough. I need to practice writing. So every morning I wake up and I write a post for, at the time was, I was writing a post for Instagram. I, ha I had a writing prompt. I picked a word. I somehow turned that into a fitness or nutrition thing. I wrote for one hour, edited for basic spelling and grammar, and then threw it up. And it had to fit in the Instagram, like, mm -hmm. word count. And that ended up becoming my blog, which is a daily blog, and an email list. And it literally, like you said, it's, it was completely self-serving. It was A, to practice writing. Uh, B, to create – it creates content daily that I am actually – proud of creating because it's my practice and it also is my anchoring habit it's the first thing i do every morning it sets the tone for the rest of my day now it's something that there's a lot of days i don't feel like doing it but it's just like training or just like nutrition stuff it's something that i make sure to do so yeah it's a self-serving thing i repurpose everything now I, I i actually try to do as little content creation as possible and try to utilize some of the same things for multiple things. Now, my recent thing I'm starting to do now is do, do a daily story based on some kind of client intake thing that I see. Because one of the things when you work with a lot of clients is you forget more shit that happens throughout a day than, than, than a lot of people ever go through, depending on your client load. So just remembering to do those things out there is, is kind of a big thing for me. But, you know, again, back to the selfish thing, it helps me it helps me to learn the, um, the, this, now this, you know, doing this YouTube podcast stuff, also content creation is because Dean and I wanted to learn more. And I, I, I did, we didn't, we were done your core, this phase of the course. We didn't have something to research. We didn't have something to present. So I needed something to push me to continue to research, to read other people's research, to get better, um, at things that maybe don't have a, a direct correlation to work, but do influence what I'm doing day to day. Yeah. And, and I think if you talk to people who are creating content, whatever that is, if they're writing books, if they're, if they're making movies, whatever it is, that creative process, that you just nailed it. it it's, it's a practice, just like training. Um, and it becomes its own wheel that you just, you just have to spin. Otherwise, you it kind of – a lot of us, if we haven't trained, maybe we take one day off a week. But if you haven't trained, that day kind of feels like a loss. Um, same thing for me. Like if I haven't wrote something or I've had, I haven't produced something, that day feels like a loss. And for me, one of one of the things that I'll ask whatever mentees or whatever you want to call them, people that want to help want to work with me, is what do you have to do in a day to put your head on the pillow and and feel like you can go to sleep? Because I think there's a lot of people in this world that they get they go it's time to bed, and they haven't they haven't done what they they've needed to feel fulfilled. Um, and I and that that's physical that's that's creative that's whatever you want to talk about but i think if you've if you've done all those things if, if you've put in the work uh both mentally and physically i think that i think that'll get rid of a lot of the stuff and people will feel more fulfilled and it's really really hard right now in kind of our jobless world of jobs to be done and that's those things have been stripped away from people i think you and, need more i think you need more output um, yeah the last part you need you, 
<laughs> you, you need to get to more output to kind of go to bed, like more deadlifts, more volume, more. Yeah, definitely more deadlifts, except if you're me, you, you never do those. That's uh, why. <laughs> 225. And, and I think another thing that people, they feel bad for that selfish intent. Like, but we have to understand that reciprocal altruism is always there. Like you're, you're never, people want to be this super altruistic person. I'm just out here helping people that even that involves a lot of ego. Like that's still about you trying to help as many people as you want. Um, I don't think it exists. What do you mean? Like, like like, how many people, like I've had, we have a podcast too, blah, 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 blah. But like a lot of the answers are like, we just want to help people. Like, I don't think that like you can, it's so hard to get to that point. Like unless, unless you help. You'd have to help people and feel absolutely nothing about it. Exactly. To actually be yeah, like, I, 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 I hate that answer. I know it's a great answer, and this is back to bitching about it, but like, how do you do it ethically and morally with this reciprocal altruism, knowing yourself enough to know it's cool to help people but still get something out of it? Because then you can feel good about doing these things and selling and putting out good content while helping people, and it's okay because I don't think anyone truly wants to help people because people who say that, I know that they're lying. Like they're they're hiding something, and then the ethics and morals get questioned. In my opinion, I, I don't know. I kind of have a different view. Like I feel like there are people that really do enjoy helping people. I, I mean, I'm one of those people. Like I, nothing feels better than like someone coming to the gym and telling me that like you know every time they do a fucking deadlift it hurts, and like they've been doing it forever. I don't know anyone like that, but <laughs> it makes like I'm I'm helping that person. But they're also helping me, man, because like that's just a huge ego boost. Like, so it's I really it wouldn't be the same ego boost if it wasn't helping them. Like, there's nothing about like me looking at Jeb's hips on the Internet that does anything special for me. I mean, maybe a few things, but mostly it's that it makes him it's it's helping him to get to where he's looking to go. And we're solving this problem. But he's getting a lot out of that. I am as well. I don't think that. So I, I do. I do think there like are people that genuinely enjoy helping other people but it's because of really how it makes them feel about themselves and, and you look okay. at it you look at who has the hardest time on social media it's ryan yeah right because he, yeah i don't think he, i'm doing he shit. probably he really does care and he has a hard time he has a really really hard time being selfish he's like if you talk about like gretchen rubin's key tendencies he's you know he's pod probably an obliger whatever and people think that's bad or whatever um and but he has he struggles with putting content out because it's about him and he doesn't want things to be about him and so that's why i think clarifying your why and then having philosophies around your social like why are you using this thing like for i hate facebook like legitimately like especially right now facebook i'm in agreement dude it's it's terrifying like every everybody has an equal voice i can't silence anybody it's it's terrifying um, so I just post and ghost on Facebook, rarely do it. And then I have, I try to use the see first page feature to see certain stuff from certain people. But so that's my, that's my philosophy with Facebook. I don't spend much time on there. Uh, I don't even have it on my phone. Whereas Instagram, my philosophy is all about building relationships. So I only follow people that I, I care about. Like I want to, you know, I want to see Dean's Grundle views. I want to, I want to see, I want to, I, I want to read Jeb's posts. And I would love to see uh, Ryan more videos from Ryan, uh, just because I everyone that I follow, I want to see what's going on in their life, um, and it's interesting to me. And but I think I don't think a lot of people have they don't have a filter for why they're using those things. And I think that would really help you, Ryan, because if if you really when you when you post on social media, 
all of your stuff is it it rings true man like it's really really helpful to other people and so how do how do we hold you accountable to doing that and the other thing is like social media doesn't put food on your table um directly and so that's also hard so it doesn't have like there's no reason for you to post on social media because you're a really good coach and you have you have you know you have in person you have online clients so there's really from honing your craft it's not necessarily that important for you uh i just it's really important for us uh just about <laughs> just about it i think it's interesting seeing the content that comes out from people that need social media like, uh, like my transition into it was like, i was always a trainer but now i work for strong you but i don't I work for a company that gets me clients. I could post nothing, and you can kind of see as my social media posts have gone from a trainer to an online coach working for another company, I've dropped off on posting, and my income goes up, but the stuff I do post has been more just for personally, I just can get it out there as opposed to trying to do this thing to get clients. I think the content ends up becoming different because Ryan's stuff is just all personally driven, and it's all really good. Like I think we can all agree that anything Ryan posts with his five posts, they're all there's five good posts there. He's <laughs> <laughs> bad enough. Like, bad but a like that's I don't know how you kind of capture that, but again, that's not at the same time, Ryan's not selling to gen pop people. Like it, it's literally our, our strength coach community thinks it's all good posts. I don't know if that's good for business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that continuum of like, you're the only, you're the only one in this group making money from fitness professionals. So like, I can understand that you would write to a certain level and I don't know the right or wrong answer, but like no one's paying Jeb and I to go to like meditate and learn about bro stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the other thing I was I'm, I'm I was thinking about is man, how many people are actually getting clients when they post on Facebook or Instagram? Like, I'm taking new in person clients. Like, I don't like does I can't see that working at all. Like, how like from both of us have built all I think all of us have built up in person client rosters. I I've got all of those. Every one of them I got through referrals. Um, just from doing new work. I, and some of you might be more business savvy than me. Like how much do you think those ads and all that stuff work for actually driving in-person clients? I can see it working for online clients. Um, well, I think man. that's the conundrum. So like I know some people in, in the fitness space just through my travels and whatever, but the people making like like twenty to $40,000 a month on online programs and Facebook ads, they have hundred thousand plus followers they're a fit like and there's a few things you need you need that following you also need to have the body or the lifts or something that people will buy and then you have to have the thing that people will buy they have to pump money into ads if you're not that person you're kind of like think about all those things that you need to make that kind of money like that's a lot and i think the that customer that's, everyone's everyone's racing well, but you're still not them. selling coaching. You're selling a you're selling like an ebook or, or something or, a, or, a, like or that. a challenge or something. And so like that's their job. But to get there, I think that that's where we kind of make fun of social media posts and fit pros and stuff. I think there's a lot of people racing to get there, and we make fun of the ones who can't get there because their content sucks or whatever. And then there's this conundrum of we're the assholes who are making fun of this. People are trying to grind their way to get to this thing, and we know the top percent of those people are only making money. And so it's hard to watch from the outside, knowing people personally who are making that kind of money and seeing ninety nine percent of people trying to get there and knowing full well that it's probably it's ruining their content and i don't think they're going to get there so it's then then what do you do and that's kind of why i haven't posted because i'm like well i can't be that person so now i'm not going to post but i can do this podcast thing but it's kind of like it, it's just hard because you know what i mean like, there you've is just chosen your poison yeah it's not it's not that you're not like you your your pot your podcast is your marketing that is your your tool to get out there, but whether you we, realize it or not. Yeah, but when we talk about specifics, so we're talking about posting and Facebook and Instagram. It's like the real money that's made. Like we talk about people making money. 
they're they've built those things and probably in a time where it was easier to build those things and now it's 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 tough to ethically sell this is the way to do stuff we talked about business coaches and stuff but like you need to do these things you post every day you need to put content blah 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 and a lot of them just invest a lot of time and money and don't get the 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 reciprocal nature of that income coming in and then they're like well i should just quit and so like that's where it's like we're talking about and ben has a course where how do you do it so that it's kind of purposeful to you and you can get it out there and hopefully get there one day without trying to chase something that's not going to happen you know like it could but like that's not you're not getting in this game to make money i think a lot of people are and they're realizing it's not as easy as as it looks so that's my thing is i think both of those like that that's trying to be a big fish in a big pond right yeah. Yeah. but i think a lot of people like if you're a coach and you're trying to use social media to get in-person clients i think you're I think you're a little, little fish. I, yeah, I think you're a little, like imagine like your demographics, like you're trying to hit someone via social media in like a one or two mile, three mile, depending on maybe 10 mile if you're, if you live in a rural area, but that's, you're trying to hit, like your fishing pool is so tiny. Like, I don't think that you can use social media to try to get that. Maybe you can with, with maybe someone a lot better than me. Uh, you can try to get people that way. And I can see gyms using it to get people in the door. Yeah. Yeah, locally, then you, then you can upsell them to training. Like I can see that as a funnel, but as like what I'm seeing right now is I'm just seeing like individual coaches like, hey, I have roster spots open, sign up with me, and they're just using their general like their followership of like 500 people, and I'm like, how do you think that's well, gonna work? Well, I think they want to play in two different ponds. Like so, there's that whole local scene where you can play the local trainer, local hashtags, and people kind of know you around. You can get clients. Like that's how I kind of got my clients when I was using Instagram for it. But I knew what pond that I was playing in. If you're playing in the online, I'm gonna get 100 clients and make 100 G's every four months on this space like you, you're now in a big pond of people with a lot bigger followings and you kind of have to play which pond you're in because I, I think that a lot of the people that we're talking about and we make fun of and whatever is like they're that person trying to have that like million dollar business or like six figure business online making these posts that are too standard of the people who are making those standard posts that already have a following and already are investing 10 g's a month into advertising and i don't think that that's helpful because you don't have that backing and there's a lot of people who are losing money or wasting time playing in that pool when you could just service the clients you do have and the market that you're in and then figure out the rest later. Like, I don't think you have to do that thing. And I don't think it, you're going to, I think that it's a very low percentage. You're going to do the thing that you think you're going to do. Even I, I hate to say that, but I think that's true. Well, there's also the, the aspect that when you're talking about these, these, these bigger social media accounts with these bigger coaching groups and all this, you're also talking about a generally speaking, and I don't want to overgeneralize because that's, that never works, but, but generally speaking, everyone I know who's worked with one of these bigger coaching groups, the quality is dog shit. You're not getting, if you're, if someone's making a million dollars a year, uh, you know, seven figures with their coach online coaching program, I guarantee you there's not a lot of touch points going on. I, I mean, Dean and I talk about this all the time. I joke, I'm like, Ryan's never going to make money in this business because he puts too much time and effort into it. <laughs> I'm like, literally I, I, in the last, well, we were working together like five or six weeks. I've probably interacted more face, like more like doing like FaceTime and stuff like that with Ryan than I have probably ever done combined with coaches online i've worked with in the past but brian makes more money than a lot of the i the guarantee it i guarantee you're right the thing that we're talking about and so like ryan yeah. like, ryan's a good example sorry ryan we're just gonna trash it you suck at everything no it's great. a good personality like fitness, i'm here for you have a fitness career online and you're not online like that's crazy that's insane but like that's something to learn from is like why is that well it's because yeah. ryan is smart and he has a good word of mouth i think you're better served doing that than you are trying to put out 
I'm not going to shitty fitness content, but the fitness content you think is going to go blow up. There's, we have tons of examples of people making money that all suck at social media. And that's all three of us except for Ben. And I don't even know if Ben's going to social media. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 like, I'm annoying in that I'm, I'm, I used to like not sell, sell. And I look back at some of those not sell, sell posts and I'm like, God, this is, dude, just sell the stuff that you believe in and just, yeah. just, just hash it. And so, but I think it comes just hearing all that. It's really like the, the vertical versus the horizontal from a business model and that the majority of us are not going to be able to play the horizontal game. Like I have no interest in playing the horizontal game. Like, and by that, I mean, try playing the volume game. So like there's only so many, like, and you're starting to see it like with research reviews, there's only so many research reviews people are going to subscribe to. Like you're not getting it to be better than one. You have to be like, it's like McDonald's. It's the same thing. You have to be five to 10 times better than the one that's already there for people to Mm -hmm. hop ship. And, and so like that's a volume game. I don't think any of us have much of an interest in playing the volume game. And I think if you're trying to play the volume game and you're, you don't have a huge following and you aren't there, you don't have social proof. Um, it's going to be really, really hard and arduous to get there. And so all of us are really, I, I know that you guys play stronger. You kind of plays the volume game for you. And, and we can probably say that on the internet and Ryan and I, we play, we play, we play a vertical game. And, and I don't say that in a bad way. And vertical means like you're trying to like extract as much. It's not just the word extract. You're trying to increase the amount of value that you give to your client. Um, so he has a lot of touch points with his clients. It, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not scalable. Uh, and it's intentionally not scalable. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want it to be. <laughs> and and I love, I love the book Company of One for that. If people like, because so every, every, every step bigger that you make your business has a cost. And I think a lot of people just think bigger is better in terms of business and they don't ever think of sustainability. And I've been in companies that just like growth at all costs, like growth to pay off for the growth. And, and those, like those companies, a lot of times they fail, like, cause they're, they're looking for IPOs and I've, and I've, and I'm really, really thankful to see that. And so Steph and my philosophies are really just about sustainability. Cause we don't need, like we talked about uh, uh, when we previously had this conversation, like, Money isn't the driver for me. I'm not doing this. I don't need, I don't think any of us other than Dean because of his boat. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think any of us need a ton of money. We're doing this because our whys are because we want to be better at our craft and researching these topics and creating content allows us to be better. It allows us to stay on, on point. Um, and so you guys can probably, you guys can talk to the, talk about this. So, one of the big things that we see in in the Fitspiration world and in the social media world is is kind of us versus thems and building a very cultish following. And to do that, you you generally produce a very rigid message. Um, so do this, this, and this because it's simple and people believe it and they follow it and they fly flags, right? And so we have to respect that. And and we have when we create content, we have to realize that we want it to be clickable. We, we want people to actually read it. It's, and I think, Jeb, we both use the writing medium. Um, that's, that's our medium. That's not like, that's one of the big things is like pick your medium. Don't, and then don't feel guilty about not using the other mediums. Like, D, like Dean, you want to be a great host of a podcast? You, you already, you're really good at it already. But like, that's your medium. Like, make that, where's, make that. Where's the joke come in? Uh, there's no, there's no joke. Like I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what Ryan, Ryan's medium is. I think it's video reviews. I think you really, really enjoy like doing video analysis of stuff, and then like with a voiceover. Um, but just find your medium and crush it. And then the other thing, is, and this is from Ramet Sethi, is video 
unfortunately, every one of these mediums, like unfortunately for Gemini, writing is the it's the two dollar sandbox. It's actually it's actually zero dollar sandbox uh, because it's it's information is free now. So you basically just give away your writing to try to move people to it something that they inherently value more, mm-hmm. and that's video. Uh, and the and the cool thing about video is that it can go you can go video to audio and you can go you can go video to writing. And I think one of the big things that you guys saw in the course is that transition from the latter. Like you go from you go from outline to video, and then once you have the video, then you can go back to writing again. Um, and that's one of the I I write almost all of my presentations almost all of them out because I'm a writer and I'm I'm actually I'm a decent teacher I'm a decent presenter. But my medium is writing. Um, and so one of the big things that you guys did in for that for that course was you all, and myself included, we all picked topics that we had confirmation bias about. And then in the searching for those answers, we were like, damn, this is not as clear as we thought it was. And that has what has been the only way that I've found to break the rigidity of the so of the people that believe whatever the insulin story or the the CrossFit story or whatever story they define themselves by. That's the only way that I've found to put a chink in that armor. And you got so Jeb Dean, right? Do you guys want to talk about kind of the how that how that experience went for you? It sucked. <laughs> We basically paid money to go to Ben's course to like get ripped apart by him, and then we had to give him content that he could then repurpose. It was just the worst. <laughs> basically, Ben Ben took that from my massage school model, actually, I think. Yeah, it was really. Like, yeah, that's, it's actually the same thing. Yeah, like you same get, damn model. You pay them to do the work, and then they just... Some of the bitch. So them. I was going to massage school to research your new model that you were going to screw Dean and Jeb. <laughs> well, I think so the one thing I want to say, like, in, so... The shitty, the shitty thing about like your model and the way you did it is like we had to go research and kind of like realize that we don't know anything and then we had to learn more and then we had to realize that our biases are wrong and then we had to research all this stuff. In that process, I now realize I can't be that person on that ver- that you called that that horizontal line playing in that pool because I'm not going to plant a flag here because I can't like my brain doesn't work like that because now I know that I want to say I'm in the matrix so to speak or I'm out of the matrix and it's like now I have to choose something that I know I'm going to make less money on but it's going to be more ethical content so it was just interesting because that whole process gave me something to make content but my content inadvertently is going to be less biased I'm going to be hanging less flags but it gave me more passion in the thing that I can do so that I can repurpose it forever. And it just, I realized I'm in a different pond now, so to speak. Does that make sense? For sure. The, the integrity issue, I think. Right. You'll also have an existential crisis if you post something that's too rigid uh, right. because, because you're always, if you look at science and, and I talk about my PhD experiences, I, I literally had this academically beaten out of me. Uh, in that I would give presentations and if I didn't go through every potential negative or limitation of that research trial or of, of my overall scope of what I was talking about, they would pick it apart. Um, and so I was like, all right, if I, if I talk about anything, I have to do my due diligence. I have to have this, the, the naysayer in the audience. I already have to have them in the back of my mind. Um, I have to be thinking, so Dean, your, your presentation was on metabolic flux, which all of us in this room feel is important. Um, I think that getting the, the hardest thing in dieting is the transition off a of diet. Like how do you, how do you 
somehow eat more and deal with this not only physically but psychologically. And so you did a really, really good job of presenting the research uh, in favor of that. And I think you started in you started it like I don't care about the negatives. And then by the, by the end, you're like, you got to a point like, all right, yeah, this matters for sure. This can be really, really helpful for my clients, but it's a tool that I can use, but it's, this tool has downsides. And I think that's why your second presentation that you did week two, that you actually paid me more money to give the same presentation twice, <laughs> which is, which is which really, is, you're like, just do it again. You didn't, you, you totally, you played me, man. I get it. I, but I, I did help you uh, with it, and then I recorded it for you, and I gave you the content, which you have then repurposed and used uh, to be a fifth fluencer. And so, you know, I'm just I'm just doing my part. Uh, <laughs> but the we talked about we talked about kind of the dis, the di, potential disadvantages of that metabolic flux situation is like mm -hmm. if someone someone gets used to eating 2,800, 3,500 calories, and they break their leg or they they you know they step on a piece of glass or whatever it is and they can't get those steps or they can't reach those those uh, those neat goals they're going to be screwed because psychologically then they're in then they're going to they're going to have to all of a sudden just drop their intake by a thousand calories so that's that's a potential but limitation. that whole that whole process though so like if I look at the avatar of what that's for and like we're talking about we're talking about that vertical line like let's just assume we're not going to be what we would deem these people that are making millions of dollars on the internet with our, our booties out I mean Ryan would be really good at that like I he has more naked pictures than all of us on his backup plan yeah so yeah you could you could but you're just your lats are too big and it looks gross so you, <laughs> well, you haven't seen me in a wig, Dean. That's true. That's, I, that might, but so <laughs> what it did with the content was like, I felt like I could go into writing something, whether it be a post or whatever. Cause I think a lot of people that are in my spot as a trainer and try to put content out and just at least make some money or like be in the next level of which the people you look up to is that you're writing information. You're scared. Or we talk about a positive syndrome, but you're scared. They're going to fuck you up when you write something. Oh man, you're an idiot. You don't know. Did you look at this study? Yo, you better re research some studies and like, then come back to me. And what it did was like made me realize that I can look at both ends, present them in an ethical fashion, but also talk about both points and how I might be wrong. And then you kind of create this bulletproof. I don't want to say it's all bulletproof, but you create this product and now you can feel confident putting it out there. And I think that that will lead to more content. And I think we talked during the course and I was like, I get how you you researchers, you PhDs, you influencers, but I get how you do it. Like you build this idea and you put this piece out and then that leads to another research question, which piles on top of something. And now you're starting to build this career based on content that you're putting out that is all ethical, that is all research that you feel confident about. And I think that part of the process allows you to then create. Because my biggest problem is I didn't want to write stuff that would get torn apart. So I just didn't write anything. Mm -hmm. Like the podcast, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can say anything and like no one can call me out on the yeah. podcast. And um, I tell people I deadlift 700 pounds. So like, what are they like, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, but that doesn't happen in writing. You can't put that stuff out. And so- I, Well, you can. You well, you can. can. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So you can- well, you just but look I, like an angry gorilla. Yeah. Well, I think it, like, I look strong. I mean, I think that you probably, I think that you probably look like an angry gorilla on the podcast as well, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. I think that's a good no! thing. No, no. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? So like, I, not that we're trying to sell your, your you, you can learn that stuff on your own, but I, yeah. I guess like I, I, I picture this person and that's the reason why we created this in the first place was I picture that person who doesn't put anything out and they don't get to climb the rung on that vertical list that then maybe possibly play the horizontal game. And I think that that's the way you need to play it 
personally because I think you can do that and then you can back it up and you can you can not feel like you're you're selling bullshit because well, I think yeah. that in some form or fashion when I was putting out stuff I felt like I was slinging bullshit I was doing infographics I was doing all the stuff Jordan Syatt said to do and it worked I was getting thousands of followers and that's how I got a lot of my following was infographics I look back on it and I want to like I want to delete all of it it's just too far down it's too much effort yeah. so and, like and, I don't have to be in that spot it's that whole talk. thing of like like if if it's what you value you know, if you just value making a ton of money or whatever, you just put out some bullshit product. I mean, you if you're a good marketer, you can make money in fitness. Like you're just but you're a marketer, and that's what half these guys are, which is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you might as well sell robotic ro- like yeah. vacuum cleaners. Like I, I wish do, they it's would. doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to get really like unfortunately, like moving up this ladder has not done anything to really increase my potential earnings. Like I'd probably be able to make a lot more money if I just stopped caring a few years ago. But every every time and and in monetary investment I make is so. And this is where we come back that that reciprocal altruism. It, it's it's really solely about getting better. I spend now more time on my clients doing things that are are way more work and way uh, less you know fiscally or even uh, maybe even results driven um, outcomes. But it makes them better. And it feeds my purpose of what I'm doing. And that's, that's really like all of our passions is we want to be the best in as we, as we possibly can. That that doesn't mean you necessarily need to coach a ton of people. You want to, all of us want to make good art, whether that art is content, whether that art is our, our, our clients, we want to do good work. And that, that, so our value systems are not about money. If your value system is driven by finance, stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. And, 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 like legitimately like that's why we're doing this because i think that we're not pandering but like i think that we can help that person that's like us do things this way because we obviously we're in an echo chamber where we think it's right but i think that now we're offering solutions as the one we recorded before we were making fun of the horizontal we were making fun of our own people when we're, we're just kind of saying like this is where we're at i think that this is helpful and i think that they're two different games because we're not selling business advice we're just saying like i think you can start doing Doing these things a better way to then have more earning potential, but doing it without trashing everything else. Because I think that that's kind of where my head was at before all this. It was like I wanted to make fun of fit pros and fit fluencers and all the shit, but I do respect what they do. I just know that I'm not there, and mm-hmm. I want to be here. And I think more people want to be kind of no offense, Ben, but they kind of want to be where you're at. You know what I mean? Like they they can make money on the internet, but they can still put out ethical content. I think that's totally possible. Um, especially when you start and we start putting out that, um, I guess, blueprint, so to speak. And that's why your course was so helpful. Not that we're trying to sell your course, but like, I think that that's, that's one, of, that's a solution to do this thing that I think a lot of people are craving when they put out content. What I've found is the person, the person that comes to this already has a pretty solid revenue stream. They already, they've already worked with clients for five to, I would say five to 10 years. And they're, they're looking for more. They want to be an expert in something. They want to be a master of something. Um, and, and so in that case, they already, if you're trying to do, if you're trying to follow this passion for, if you have a passion for research, go into a master's and PhD program and try to get a stipend. Like that, that's a different, like that's a different, that's a different thing to do. Now, if you're already an established coach and you have a financial revenue stream and you're doing this because you want to get better at your craft, that then we're having the same conversation because now we're integrity driven. Uh, now we can, we can, what's, the, what's the amount of money that allows you to like, for me, money is just a gatekeeper, really. Cause I want, I want people, I want people to pay attention because like, I've tried to give away stuff for free. Like I've given, it's an online course, right? I can give people access. I've done that a ton uh, and they almost never complete it. 
Never. Like I've had one guy complete it and he, and he, he's the person he's, he's just that, that super upholder tendency where he's like, and I'm glad that I gave it to him because he, he just crushes it. Um, but I've had other people with like, cause if you don't pay for something, you don't necessarily value it. Uh, and, and if somebody wants the information that we're talking about and they want it for free right now, um, I can, I can send you. So I think there's two big things that the course builds in people, the ability to research, um, fairly well, like to be able to look at a study and be like, all right, there's an introduction section. There's an abstract, which I'm just going to basically fast forward through. Maybe I'll use the abstract to actually go deeper into the paper, but there's an introduction session. There's a method section. Uh, there's a results section and a discussion section. And that's how every research paper functions. And now I know how to kind of go through those different sections. And I know what I can and can't take away from these different types of research. So that's one, one thing that the course builds. Uh, but the other thing that I think that, and that's the science side. So there's two different kinds of people that generally come to me for advice. And there's, there's, uh, I would put Dean and Jeb and they, they really like the research side and they feel, they feel now they feel autonomous and they can, they don't feel, they don't feel necessarily super intimidated when they pull a PubMed article. They're like, all right, I can get through this. I might not know all the statistical analysis stuff. They might be able to trick me a little bit, but I know what, I know what to do. Uh, this isn't a foreign language to me anymore. Uh, but then we have the other side of the people that come to the uh, this course. And this is, they already have a master's and a PhD. And what they lack is they lack the ability to even see the horizontal. Like they get mad at the horizontal, much, much like a lot of like, we all have, the, we all know the trainer who's very, very smart. They've taken every three little acronym course and they don't have any clients, but they have like three clients and their clients don't really like them, but they're super knowledgeable. Well, they haven't learned how to create a narrative. They haven't learned how to actually interact with people. And so scientists suck at playing, even, even remotely playing that horizontal game. We're like, we want people to like it just because it's science. Like I'll see people repost PubMed links and they get mad that no one reads it. I'm like, yeah, because it's boring, dude. Like you got <laughs> like no, one, no one's gonna read that. Like it's it's a it's a narrative structure, but it's a it's a narrative structure that people aren't going to click on because they don't. It's and, and you're posting it on a social media platform where people have the attention span of a goldfish, right? You have to grab them with that first sentence. You have like you look at Ozarks, which is like everybody loves Ozarks, and I love Ozarks because of episode one. Like you think about what the hell happened. In, like look at look at how like it's it's how good is your pilot episode? So just be asking like in your pilot episode, if you're writing your pilot episode is that first sentence in that first paragraph. If, if they get through that first paragraph, like they're you're lost, right? Did you Instagram just compare like killing everyone in like the first like 20 minutes to your opening paragraph? Yeah. But that's, that's what you have to do. It's the hook. It's the hook. It's the hook. It's the hook. It's the hook and it's, it's never going to go away. And I, and science needs to, so like your narrative structure, what people want to see is they want to have a story. And I think all of you guys got to this story with research and, and it, your story, you can, the length of your presentation, you guys saw this in Costa Rica, the length actually becomes a problem because people get stuck in and, 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 and they don't get to the conflict. So in writing, Jeb and I, you start with the conflict first. Like you start, you start with what is what is this pinnacle? What is the climactic event of the conflict? And then you get, then you have the resolution, and then everybody feels good. Like so, that's like the hero's journey or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So and so, like you start with the conflict, and then you work back. So the two biggest things in your presentation are the conflict and and your hook. So how are you going to hook people? How are you going to get people to pay attention? And then your resolution is your final slide. And by that point. 
I'm, I'm always thinking that final slide. I hope people should people should be able to make that final slide themselves. They should already know what is going to be there. If I've done a good job with with that narrative structure and with that storyline uh, and with that creative process. And so there's really two things in order to create ethical content. We have to be good at creating narratives and, and respect respect that. Respect the Hollywood side of what we're doing. Respect respect the Fitfluencer side of what we're doing. But then we also have to respect the nuance and the contextual side of research and the fact that science is not about proving anything right. It's about finding all the untruths. And that's a very, very, very hard place to live. Um, and you can see it because science scientists, how many scientists like how many scientists are playing on social media? Not a lot. Not a lot. I know. I know one. Doctor. I mean, Bernal. there's but, there's a few of us. But if but you're a just, tenure track professor, you're not going to be like. Yeah. You're not gonna be like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do a well, Facebook. I'm going to. Alan, Alan Alda, the actor, actually has a a group who's uh, is a um, um, an NGO. Their job is that they recruit scientists and teach them how to talk in front of Senate so that they can actually sell their ideas because that's why we have shitty laws around anything science-based because they go in and browbeat people with information and the senators go, I don't know what the hell he's saying. Well, and that's why this is a solution just because like how many times have you heard like I know I know there's like tons of coaches that aren't online that are like the best coaches in the world. You wouldn't even know it. But I think that that's, that's an issue. Because like, how is this industry supposed to be moving forward when there's all these like Ryan's a per Ryan? Fuck you. Perfect. You're a perfect example of someone who like does. Yeah, tons of I stuff posted just like I got like 35 posts. Man, exactly. In the last four years. <laughs> exactly. You put your video <laughs> fucking sideways. But it's just, but it's just like there's a lot of people that we would say are unknown if you're in the social media world um, that would get blown away. Like you would blow people away in terms of like you would blow everyone. <laughs> 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 I already Sorry, that's, I that's, that's why but, I don't do social media. I already but did I think that. that I that's where, well, that's why I think this stuff is helpful because, again, what is the solution? Because, again, I'm now – Ben's kind of got me thinking, like, how do we offer solutions? I think that that's – I think for those types of people to get them in the fitness industry, start pushing things forward, they need to learn that aspect, especially – you know what I mean? And it's just I, – I hate to just use that as a cop out, but – how do we do that? And I think like stuff like this and learning how to tell a story, like Jeb, one thing Jeb said is like after the, after Costa Rica is like, man, your podcast got better. But part of it was because I started with the end of mind, like, where am I trying to go with this thing? And I would just narrate this thing as I'm going through it, knowing where the end was in mind. And it's, it's been super helpful because I have been looking at like, what do fit, fit pros are trying to, like, what, what's the main thing? And we talk about half squats, but I looked at like, man, everyone's on fire in this half squat world and they are all arguing lanes on there and all the shit. But like, that was a thing that I could then use to narrate, to get to that spot, to get a piece. And I think that learning from that world is helpful in terms of building that vertical. I think we can learn lots from the horizontal, maybe not necessarily on how they do it, but the stuff that they attack is the stuff that might make you grow. Cause that's why they're rich. Yeah, you did a great job of adding context to a myopic conversation that was going yeah. nowhere yeah. Uh, and going nowhere fast, right? Just creating us versus them thinking and 1,700 comments on his on his board when it really – his his thought process wasn't as as myopic as, as he let out to be, but he was using that narrative structure to get clicks. Super smart. Uh, but again, we're not Joel. That, that's what I mean. If you're not Joel Seedman, you can't do that. So then, how do you make content that is allowing you to climb the rungs and the thing that you're at? And I think I use that example to then grow the thing that I'm on. And our the podcast is like literally, it's literally taking off in the terms yeah. of like where my podcast is at. Like our first YouTube video now, our second YouTube video is like at like 700 or something, which is a big deal for like small time. Like we're talking about small time coaches, but we did it and we're nobody. And so, I mean, I think that you can learn from that world. And I think it's helpful to merge those worlds and then do it ethically. 
You know, it's funny. I think that the more the the horizontal line grows, I think it's going to actually make our job easier because it does separate us out. And that, that's kind of always been my process in, in training, just like starting off at a big box gym. It's just like, I'm not going to go try to get a bunch of clients. Like I'm just going to do really, really good with the clients that I have. I'm going to give them my full attention. And I'm like, the more people like you said, people would always freak out when they would hire new, new trainers. Like we don't have enough clients. Like why do we need more trainers? Like, great, bring them in, keep bringing more people in because the more people you bring in, the more I separate, you know, Mm -hmm. that's been always been my, my idea with this. So I don't get, so I don't get pissed off when I see like, I mean, I do, I I definitely have like, there's a, there's a fucking visceral feeling when I see people (laughs) going like, and that's a lot of times why I'm not on social media. I actually don't, I don't follow, I follow like nine people. So, and I just discovered this search thing in, in Instagram. And so there's a button. I'll tell you guys about it. There's a button on there. It's uh, it's like a little magnifying glass and you press that and it, a bunch of shit pops up. Immediately, immediately um, ask pictures. Anything. Like other people, I didn't post it. Other people put it on there. It's incredible. It's like people from all over the world. So I'll see a bunch of that stuff and they'll suggest things. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. What is all this crap? So I see it and there is a visceral feeling and I'm like, this is like really what people are getting. And it pisses me off because I'm like, Hey, like I know what this turns into. Cause I've seen these people at the gym. I've seen their frustration and I've seen like, it, it's a, it's a big deal to me because I like fitness is so important to me. And that like, if I'm going to the gym, I'm getting hurt. Like I'm having a bad day. And so is everybody else around me. And like, if I see that perpetuated, it bums me out, but I don't really care at the same time. It's like the more that we bring <laughs> those people in, it just like becomes even more saturated and it's that much easier to separate ourselves from just by doing good work. So I think you have to just, you have to figure out for yourself. You have to identify like, what do I get? What do I get gratification out of? Do I get gratification out of having a new boat like Dean, which is fine. If that's what you want to do, you have a new boat, you you know, like, go, go down Dean's road, you know, and, and, and hop in make, that golden cage, brother. Make that money. That's cool. Like you, <laughs> you got to go that path. Don't go the, don't go the, the biomechanics, like super myopic path when you're trying to, to sell, like that's not going to be your, you need numbers, dude. And those are not the people that are buying, but for the people that get gratification out of doing good work, like we're talking about here, which I'm not trying to make it an us versus them. It's just like, it's a, it's a path and you decide what you want. But if you get a lot of gratification out of, out of really feeling like you did a good job, then you probably want to be looking more vertical. Well, I think we're more them than we think. And I think that's why this was like a good podcast to start. Cause last time it was like, I think you guys made fun of me for being a fit pro and you like define a fit pro. And I like define it horribly, but it's like, I, the more I start to realize is like, I'm kind of in that world. It's meshed together. So you got to play that game. And it's just like, I didn't, like, I think when you talk about that, I think that we're more fit pro than we think we are. And that really got to me because I didn't want to do that thing, but, but I am that thing. And so like, if I'm going to be that thing, like, let's, let's talk about how to do it. Better, you, you do it better in the best. Do yeah. it in an authentic way to you. Do it in whatever that way. Yeah. Even though I'm not means. a fit pro, I'm not a fit pro, but I'm going to be like the meathead fit pro, like the bro, like bro research is like, I'm a bro fit pro, fit pro, bro, fit pro, fit pro. So, fit pro. Study. so fit a study, pro. so a study, a study is a ton of people, right? It's, and nobody cares about it because it's a ton of people. Yeah. right so because we don't care about averages so you think about all right so i know i can't tell a story about a ton of people because that's not immediately you're going to lose the vast majority of everyone now you so you got to tell a singular story right so how do we how, in, in this in this current world how are they how are they gravitating people they're telling singular stories of someone in their 30s dying right and and everybody yeah. freaks out yeah. right right because they're telling a singular story so from a business side this is a case study 
this is this is a 12 week this is a transformation post right so so you can do that you can do that transformation post ethically or you can do that transformation post like dude here's my here's this six day transformation look at this person they shedded all this water weight all they had to do is work out seven hours every day like and, and so like you have that shitty ass transformation and that i guarantee you they'll sell ebooks like i've had people like send me things like that and i'm like Holy shit, this is complete garbage. It's a well done ebook, and they paid $150 for like a seven day, like, look amazing challenge thing. And I'm like, holy shit, this exists, right? So you have that type of, nar- you have that type of narrative and transformation. But then you have like the, the transformation that, that James posted the other day. It's like, this is a 24 week transformation. These are the things that we did. This is why I think they worked, but I don't even know if I was the big deal in this. I don't even, I, so like, this idea, like, so it really told a different story and it told a different story of him getting out of the way and the person being the hero of that story. And I bet you that did really, really well for him. Uh, That's probably super refreshing for people watching and listening at the same time too, because they're just constantly hearing. Eventually people start to see through that. (laughs) I don't think they do because it's a number. I don't think they do. I really don't. I mean, maybe. I, don't I can know. tell you, I, I've got I've got a, a a pile of insane transformation pictures, and they're all the easiest clients I've ever worked with. And I say it, I'm like, this is not this is this is not hard. This is someone who just is fucking awesome, and it doesn't matter because people see a, someone who's lost 100 pounds, or they see a dude who like my guy V who like drops 70 pounds and has like crazy abs in like 26 weeks. I mean, insane. But I'm like, it's just that he is—he's a complete like type A, and like he's awesome. He's insane though. Like he, like he's a pharmacist. And when I say, oh, well, how have your macros been on point exactly every day for the last eight weeks? He's like, because I don't miss by a gram. No, yeah, like, so he's oh, he's okay. probably a danger to himself, right? Because he's 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 on the other end. Like you could yeah. push him, you could push sure. him to the spectrum of like, man, he's like being super OCD with his food. Um, and so, but just layering in that context is so huge and and then you're like hey i was his advocate but now i'm actually worried about him i'm like hey dude how do we get you to lighten up like what happens in the holidays are you like estimating your your brazil nuts are you actually able to be present with your food yeah i mean that's 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 where like i'm not a big cheat meal guy this guy gets a cheat meal once a week Mm -hmm. just because hey it's a test yeah how can you be and he likes it I think that that's going, so the cool thing is like what you were, like, I think that you wanted to talk about this was like, there's like integrity and all this stuff, but I think that knowing both of the games allows you to choose which way you want to go. Cause you could, you could kind of ethically sell a seven day cleanse if you really wanted to, but you, and you know, it's going to work. I just wouldn't do it personally, but I think if you personally would want to make some money, like Ryan needs to make a little bit of money to buy a boat, like you could do that. You, you know what I mean? And, but it, I think it's helpful to know both of them as opposed to just landing in the spot and being that person and then hating the person you are because you didn't understand both sides of the story. I'd rather have a female for a wedding. I'd rather have her do two weeks crazy than, you know, seven months and tank her whole hormonal system. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, strip, like, because those transformations are crazy. Like, when, like, obviously, cutting water can be dangerous and stuff. And I'm not, I don't ever do that. But if you had someone who's good and they sold that as an actual product, like, hey, you have to get ready for a photo shoot. I can get you a little bit better. What have you uh, been doing then? Like, you look like you've lost a bunch of weight since last time I saw you. Who, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got this sweater on. You, you I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you the trash. I want to sell that ebook. How do I look, like, not big? Because I, I, like, hate muscles. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 50-year-old female, and I can think muscles make me look bulky. I want that program. <laughs> 
Jesus. There it is. Oh, uh, dude, you know that he gets a pump before every podcast. What no, I actually, I actually, I actually, I actually did it today. My, my legs, my legs. You're filming, you're, right filming now. you're filming it in a gym so that everyone knows you lift. Like that's the, like the, the problem, dude. The problem is I don't stand like fucking Johnny Bravo all day long like you motherfuckers. <laughs> like you want to look Jack? Just fucking. It's because we bench press and deadlift. Dude, like I was, you figured out. <laughs> yeah, and who's, who's, who's the one who's not in any fucking paint? This fucking guy. Like that's that you are in pain for sure. Existential. Pain. I have I do I have zero pain. Like what? as Ryan, it's a problem. Like like I hurt myself once in like the last five so, years. So so think about that statement. Like I why could, aren't you? I, like I could I could look yeah. like you, but then I'd be in constant pain. You could push it. I think I think <laughs> is that I think, my question? I think best of both worlds. You can push a little bit harder and not be in pain. We all agree. All, all I have to do to push harder is this, dude. All I gotta do is push my chest down. That's all I gotta do. You impressed now? You were no, I'm not impressed. You got, like, you got more narrow on that one, dude. You literally want to start as yeah, and you can't get oh. big. <laughs> we already oh, we're, nice. Ben's having a tough week. We, we talked about his deadlifts already. And now we're now we're talking <laughs> he about said, his. He sent us his, his program. He like said, listening. Ben's gonna, gonna get his program. It. Ben's gonna give it his program. He's already like it, I, he hasn't done it like for sure. Dude, I'm six days deep. I'm about to just jump into week two. Auto regulation, just, just no the days fact, off. That's a, the fact that that's like an accomplishment is the problem. Like I got the week two. I got the week two. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> so a little bit of jokes for this thing, because like otherwise uh, we're just gonna think we're idiots. But yeah, I think I think we've we've clarified uh, everything that we wanted to um, about this this type of dichotomy. That's ne- not necessarily dichotomy, but. Being able to play the the narrative game, the the story game, uh, but being able to do that in an ethical manner uh, with with research, and then understanding the the positives and the negatives of that research process, and in in that in that there's a gap there where you're like fuck fuck my life, and I fe- I remember yeah. feel I remember feeling that every, gap every day. I, I remember feeling that I I'll tell you guys like I I felt hook, line, and sinker for like the paleo story. Uh, I think I was 25, like CrossFit paleo. I felt, and, and so the beginning of my graduate career was like, how can I tell this CrossFit paleo story? Like how annoying, like just think of my graduate advisors, like dealing with this 25 year old, uh, who just all he did was work out and eat fucking sweet potatoes. Like so annoying, this kid. Uh, and I remember going to the ACSM conference, which the American College of Sports Medicine, and my, 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 presentation was was on eating frequency and i sometime I, like some fancy researchers probably a big deal came up and talked to me and i somehow managed to talk to them about paleo crossfit and i just remember them slowly just walking away from me uh, and so like that whole process of figuring out like oh man maybe paleo works because it increases volume of food and that can actually be a problem for some people uh and then maybe crossfit works because they have gamified the shit out of exercise better than anyone and and so just that that process of and, and 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 respecting the shit out of both of those things, I think that all of us could probably get we could we could get people to hang on a little bit. Like you see what's happening. Like really good coaches and gyms are using CrossFitty things. Like they're they're gamifying workouts. They're doing these things. And so, but once you understand the positives and the negatives of that, and trip, I had to trip on that truth, right? Because my identity was so intertwined with those two things. Uh, that can be you're gonna if you go through this process. I can tell you that you're going to have fuck my life moments. And that is, I hate to break it to you, 
part of the process and people hate that answer, but it's just, it's just gotta happen. I mean, that's where I'm at with that right now. It's just like, dude, every time I learn something else, I'm like, fuck, I don't know anything about anything. Not even necessarily that like I was wrong about other things. So I've never been wrong about anything in my life, but just learning that there's so many layers. That's a joke, by the way. Uh, there's so many layers of stuff that it's like, man, you start peeling back the layers and you're like, holy shit, I don't know anything. And that, like this last presentation in particular, like I presented at Ben's three times now. And this last one was like, that's when that really clicked where all of a sudden I was, cause Dean, you mentioned like, oh man, I don't want someone who really knows this shit to ask me questions. I don't want Tommy Wood to be like, Hey, what about this? What I was worried about is the people that don't know anything because they're the ones that will really make you look stupid because if they ask you a question like, Hey, where is this? Where's glycogen? Like, where is glycogen in the, in the, in yeah, the, yeah, the muscle? Muscles, so. And I'm like, you know, it's in the muscle. Well, no, like where? <laughs> you mentioned all this other stuff, all these other organelles and all these different proteins. And But where is the, where's the glycogen? I'm like, fuck if I know. I Like, you know, so you start you tell, going you down that road. You tell me the glycogen's there. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you the fucking glycogen <laughs> to my biceps. You see, hey, you want a deadlift? Shut up. Get up here, you're doing lat spreads. Put that $100 pounds in the box. This is my podcast. See there, you see there until you pick it up, boy. Yeah, I shut I shut it down like with mine, Ryan. You weren't there because you missed both of our presentations because like you're a big deal now. You present in front of Eric Helms, just yep. peace out early. Slide in. Like, <laughs> like you just start with like this is my show. Uh, my girlfriend's got a PJ. I'm just gonna leave. Please yeah. don't say Eric Helms and slide in the same sentence again. <laughs> well, it, it, there was actually a good joke before, and like you guys mentioned it, like, and I didn't want to bring it up because I wasn't sure what type of podcast this was. But Ben's like, I've been feeling the gaps. I've been feeling that gap. And Ryan's like, Yeah, I know what you're feeling. I'm feeling gaps too. And I was like, like Are you guys even listening to what you're saying? Like, it's not a good metaphor. Please listen to this. The first slide, I think, on Jeb's. <laughs> like, like, don't, don't say it like that ever. Yeah, that was terrible. Like, but we held it together. It was like you guys did. I was very impressed. Oh man, I wish I was there for that. Dean and I looked at each other. We're like. Dude, he can't. This is he's got to be trolling us right now. Like, how do we? How do we not? This is the second presentation. Everybody's trying to be super, super, yeah. like just professional. And then Jeb's got this. She's got this. Okay, and I don't know what you said. What you said? She said this she chick takes knows, it. This chick knows how to take it, oh, or how to accept it. How to accept it? Because it was about accept. Oh, right? And I was like, so like, this is actually a good point. Like, if you're gonna go through your shit and say something like where phrasing is a problem, know that like I was scared a scientist call me out. There is going to be someone on the internet that's going to call you out because I'm going to literally – I search through Facebook for those things, and that's where my jabs come in. Like, I look for a hole. <laughs> and I feel like for a hole. God, so oh, I, made you, I made you actually – we made you more of an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Great. So. You're, well, a better, like, you're much better at being an asshole. You can really – you can, you can – so before, you were thought you were finding the weaknesses and digging a knife in, but you weren't. You, 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 you just were – you were it was just an ego boost for you. you. You were just talking about your deadlift. But now you're you're really able to to find the weak points. We've made you better at your I, I don't I honestly don't I don't think you give me credit. I've been finding weak points my whole like how do you think I get along in a football locker room? Like it's like people but you're do not, not you don't play football anymore. Well, well I know, but I'm saying like I learned the skill real early. And it, like, it was it was a camera. You don't if you don't yeah. go after people first, like it has nothing to do with how good you are. It's Canada, like, they got like seven people on the field. I watched your whole high rate reel. You were helmets. I'll, I'll yeah. give you I'll give you credit though. Like you you did run that motherfucker down. I remember that. He's the fastest he's one of the fastest guys in the nation. He went pro. Fuck that guy. Pro in Canada or pro like, in real football? Man, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, 
I think Dean makes his own like playing cards with people. <laughs> <laughs> I bench pressed 25 times in the combine right at full four. Like, <laughs> he, he, he makes the playing cards with Canadian people that he played football with, and then he puts all their stats that he loves, he loves in the background. He's, like, he's got like deadlift, I bench dead, press reps. He's a like, great dresser. I, dead, I deadlifted 745 pounds. Leave me alone. Ate 75 chicken nuggets in an hour. Like, he's stuck in I squatted 650. Like <laughs> stop tearing me down. Like I have, like I have a very frat. Like I'm very fragile. He is very fragile. I to, like, that's why I lead with my deadlift. <laughs> like it's not actually about like my content, and I think that that's a good lesson to learn too. No one fucks with 700 pound deadlift, even if you're an idiot. Unless, unless, unless you're talking about mentally, then you spend yeah, uh, yeah. 63 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought we were trying to like do this better this time around. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, definitely, 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 check out Barbell Research. Uh, they, I think you guys are really, really. I think that should be your niche, man. Adding context to myopic issues, man. That yeah. that would be great. Um, and then Bro Research, Bro Research Radio, this is season three, episode three. Uh, really, I, I, I appreciate you guys. I don't think you guys really know how much you, I appreciate you. I'll, I'll send you uh, something. Voice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually just asked you for one thing. I said, send me a fucking deadlift. And like, I still haven't received it. Dude, that's I said, all I wanted. We we said we would do this thing if you would like come back on our podcast and if you'd send me a deadlift. Haven't sent a deadlift yet. I sent you, dude. I sent. Did I not send you an RDL? That's an RDL, dude. Oh, you want me to deadlift off the floor? All right, all right. Uh, that's a deadlift. It's I not. Got, I got. I got. I'll, I'll send you. How, like you want a ten rep max? I didn't like, ask you for a four inch house. deadlift. I didn't ask you for a four inch block RDL. I asked you for a fucking deadlift. <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you some deadlift videos. I'll send you a collection. I want of a new deadlift video. I don't I'll want. Send, dude, I'll send you a collection of deadlift videos so that you can put them on the back of my playing card. Uh, <laughs> that, you no, probably, that you're, that you're probably going to burn close. after this because you're mad at me. It's like, how do you defeat Ben <laughs> on the card game? It's like make him do deadlifts, and then I throw the deadlift card in, and you you explode. You're like from pain. Sorry, you're pain. <laughs> and then you shrink. You shrink. Don't deadlifts don't, deadlifts don't put me in pain. They're just pointless. So why are you not, man? We what? all like. So Ryan, explain. Are you bigger than Ben? Are you bigger than Ben? Let's let's make the science experiment. Are you bigger than Ben? Yeah, Ryan's bigger than me. He's probably yeah. like legitimately thirty-five pounds more of muscle than me, uh, and almost the same height as we. As, and as you guys we, do all the same stuff except for deadlifting. So. <laughs> he he doesn't eat bad chicken. He I think I think the problem with him is his his food safety is too high. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he cleans his food too much. No, which which I think we should do. Uh, we should have Kazim on again, and we should talk about the value of the deadlift with Dean. Uh, just <laughs> just just, to, just to we got to do it on Dean's podcast. Just so. not, oh we should, oh I'm gonna line this up. I'm gonna line this up. Oh, we line it up? Yeah, up? Yeah, you're gonna talk about deadlifts for hypertrophy. I mean, I'm on team. I don't actually believe this though. It's just usually. I think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Can I draw? Can I? Can I do a video with a voiceover? I think we should deadlift on camera. Ben and Ben will be a model. Hey Ben. We'll just line. We'll line you two up. 
Is Dean deadlifting Ben? Dude, do you want do you want me to like do you want Dean's me to bigger. just like really care and like try to deadlift five plates for you? Oh, I would no, no, you never deadlift five plates. You add fives on, so it's over five hundred. You fucking idiot. <laughs> wow, God. that's like I'm actually very. That's like one of my things. Is like don't deadlift. Five. But you're obviously not good. At, you're obviously not good at math because that would be two and a half. That's a <laughs> like five plates. Like no one lifts five plates. Yeah, but you'd have to put two and a half on. No, you can. You so could, you'd put fives on, and then I'd no miss it, and then you it. Man, you don't know none of these rules. Like no one uses two and a half. Like, <laughs> is this a fucking Canadian thing? Like you guys talking kilos? No, in? that's that's a someone who deadlifts thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta get the last word. Can you end your podcast, Ben? It's. I'm still gonna charge you to come to your presentations. This for is me. this is obviously all getting cut. Jeb, you got it. You got anything to add? If anybody's still listening, you, you got to respect our elders. Respect our elders. I can't. I can't imagine <laughs> anything to add at this point. Yeah, I got nothing to add. Good ch- check out our podcast. That's that's about it. Barbell me search, and and our in- my Instagram. It's Guido because I, I like powerlifting and deadlifting. I thought it was Guido. 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 It's actually it's lots. Wait you like you like push Wait pull, up. you like powerlifting, you don't squat. Yeah, you don't squat. Well, don't talk about your squat. Ooh, yeah, that's a sensitive yeah, subject. Yeah, like, man. Okay, hey, that's like, that, you guys better are end this thing lot, now. This, that's not that's that's low. Yeah, that's pretty nice though. Yeah, yeah not played, your, your hey, squat's not hey, low. Listen, no, listen. it is low. It is low. Dean, I, Dean played semi professional football in Canada, yeah. okay? Yeah. He's, yeah, got, right. he's got bad knees. I squat 650. Okay. What? <laughs> you mean you oh. deadlifted six fifty with it on your back? Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you went there on the podcast with my squat. Dude, that's, you're that, you're like if I would take you said you respected us. If I, I, if I would said... take the volume of your erectors on an MRI, I think if I still take the volume of your erectors, they would be bigger than your quads. Yeah, and your quads, your quads, it, your quads are supposed to be by volume, like doubly as big as any other muscle in your body, but your erectors would still be bigger than them. Here's the test. If you corrected for Dean's erectors, do you think you'd be bigger than Dean? (laughs) (laughs) No, because then my legs would be big. I would pay. <laughs> your legs are not going to be big, dude. Don't, don't. His legs are getting bigger. Hey, his legs yeah. are definitely getting bigger. Ben said because I did quad extension. Getting, getting bigger. Getting bigger. I'll preface that with like getting bigger. <laughs> Most vascular legs on the podcast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Most vascular. Like, it's like oh, a yeah, bait and switch. Yeah. It's like a bait and switch. Everyone thinks I can't. Well, they think I can lift now. I got a big upper body, but they think I don't squat or deadlift, which I don't squat anymore, but like I. 700 pounds. But I do deadlift. I do deadlift. <laughs> you post deadlifts three times a day on your Instagram. Everyone knows you deadlift. That's what I mean. Like, I got, like, lead Everyone from the Everyone knows front. that. No hey, one's going to speak you don't deadlift. Gonna, like, you never put the weight. Like, I'll give you credit, though. You do put the weight on the bar for the Zercher. But, I mean, you, you're you very I, – I told you, like, the last I'll, – I'll, I'll pump your I'll pump your gas pedal. Like, somebody came up to me legitimately and was like, you know, Ryan's big, but Dean – Dean, Dean is so big. Yeah, but it was the guy that said it. No, it wasn't. I I actually said that. that, That's what I mean. Like, I said that exact thing, like, as a joke. But, like, I might have been Dean. (laughs) Dean Dean probably paid for this dude's entry. (laughs) He's like, like, hey, man, I want you to say this to Ben. Say this this once. I'll pay for your. I'll pay for your. your, your, your I'll pay for your. It probably wasn't even the entry. You probably probably shortchanged him. Pay for his empanadas. (laughs) 
Dude, I'll pay for your second bag. I'll pay for your second bag on the flight. <laughs> you're flying. You're flying. You're flying Delta, right? That's thirty-five bucks. Forty-seven dollars Canadian. I got you. Well, I didn't. I don't. I shouldn't accept these things anymore. I thought you said like you appreciate us, and then you come in here and start making jokes. <laughs> like this, is what happens? You pay. You go to Ben House course, and like he now thinks it's free reign to just make funny forever because you're his mentee. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he's still getting you back for the first time you ever met him. You told him you should. You thought he was going to be bigger. Yeah, I still. Oh, that was amazing. That was the content that was creation course. That was Dean saying, "Here's how you create content from conflict." Boom. Yeah, yeah there you go. Hey, hey, shit, I, I remember, like, I remember listening to Brian Watts talk about mitochondria and like writing that post. Yeah, and then I saw the post <laughs> in, during Michael during the thing, and I wanted to talk to you. Like, I didn't like. Yeah, you came up to me. I didn't like, get upset, but I didn't. You were like, you were like, man, I know you're upset, but I deadlifted 700 pounds. <laughs> I think I apologized, but it like it was kind of like I just had to because I was going to be there for like another two weeks. We hugged, we hugged. I didn't I didn't know your personality yet. I, I like I didn't think that I was in a football locker room because I wasn't in a football locker room. So, so I, wasn't, football locker room. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, you are very like to give you props though. You are a very different person. Uh, then, then. Oh, I thought you just in general. I was like, that's not a compliment. You're no, the, the the person I met, the person I met, you know, two years ago. <laughs> You're, you're, um, you're, I, I, I enjoy hanging out with you now. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone still listening to this? 